Welcome to episode 38 of Coffee Pods and Wads, nearing episode 50. Yet I still messed up the introduction to this. It's my fourth time now. Um, we're sponsored by Born Pruner of UK. You can use the code COFFEEPODS10 for money off your basket on their website, bornpruner.co.uk. And we're also sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, a sugar-free energy drink with a shit ton of caffeine in it. Um, I've been doing out opportunities to put questions to guests and other stuff uh, to patrons of the show on Patreon. You can become a patron on patreon.com forward slash coffeepods and wads or through the link in my bio on Instagram. So it's $3, $5, $10 a month. Basically, if you buy me a coffee, if you saw me, if you like the show, it's a good way to support it. Um, thanks for listening and for your continued support of the podcast. Please continue to like and share everything that you can on Coffee Pods and Wads uh, on Instagram. Um, the more you share it in your stories, the more other people will see it. Um, the more other people get involved and the community can grow. Uh, today's guest is Adam Davison. Um, he's the owner of CrossFit Lolo in Canada. Um, he's qualified for the games this year through winning the Brazilian Sanctional. He has had some massive setbacks um, and has built a really cool life for himself in British Columbia. He's well-rounded. He's an interesting guy. He's got some really weird stories about camport around a hot tub. And he's also got some solid advice for training and competing. Um, he starts off regaling me with how he spent the price of a car and a coffee machine. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. It's like an $18,000 machine. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He was closing his shop in Tofino. I guess he was tired of surfing or something. And uh, he was closing his shop, and he was selling it for like 7000 and I offered him six. And I was, and he's like, sure. I'm like, okay. It's crazy though. Yeah. And, and it's cool. Cause like the cool part about it is like people in my gym get to come in, they get to have a coffee and they get to, they, they get a reason to create community. Yeah. Which is super cool. Like I watched our parents uh, sit together and watch the kids classes. Um, and then they just get to like know each other and they yeah. have this like, reason to just hang out it sets like the, the sit in the car or whatever yeah exactly yeah so and uh yeah just like there you know there's like a, a culture in coffee so yeah it just really brings out the crossfit and everybody <laughs> yeah did you see that um oh jeff goldblum did a thing on disney about like he did, he did a different topic um every episode or whatever it's like 12 episodes Oh, he, no. he did one about coffee and it was just good it was good like there was nothing in it that you were like whoa i didn't realize that was a thing but like he kind of went into the thing of like you know it's a natural uh there's a natural kind of relationship or bond between like a conversation and a coffee because you know if you meet someone for a coffee you're sitting down to have a chat or whatever and if you're not specifically meeting someone for a coffee having a coffee in your hand is like this kind of protective thing that like you might feel more comfortable talking to someone just that you don't know just because you have a coffee in your hand because if it gets awkward you can just take a drink and like turn yeah. the other way and you're not as rude as like looking at your phone <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah it, like, lets you like put your toes in before you take the big jump <laughs> yeah if it's really awkward you can just pour your coffee all over yourself and be like oh god i better go <laughs> oh my. we've all considered it <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> oh my god i just burnt my genitals off i better leave a terrible conversation if you're willing to douse yourself with coffee <laughs> yeah. 
Um, right, well, look, we'll get straight into it. So, like, usually my first question on an episode is, uh, like, ascertaining. Yeah, ascertaining. This is a highbrow show. Um, if the guests like coffee, I mean, you're doing this, I suppose the, the reason that we kind of set this up was we kind of got into a conversation over that ridiculous setup that you just showed us. Like, <laughs> is it, was it a case of like, say you were opening your gym and said, okay, one of the things I want to have there is a nice coffee setup. Like you were saying there about having a nice conversation and, you know, building that sense of community, or is it something that kind of developed as you went on? And like, was it a tough sell to your other half to invest in the coffee machine? Oh, those are so many loaded questions and I love them all. So, um, in my, in my mind, like when we, when we created our business plan, cause we had to, you had to create a business plan to, to see how everything fit and how you yeah. could organize it all. Um, the equipment, the the layout of the gym was all done. She, my my wife Kelsey was um, she uses floor planner and she like designed the whole thing, and then she like walked away and then I like I went on it and I put coffee bar <laughs> to see. It. And she's like, "We're not doing that." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and we opened the gym. Everything was cool. We had a, a really wicked back end, and then all of a sudden, like coffee things just started to like show up yeah started just an espresso cup and nothing else for a week yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just like the feeler just to see if she would notice yeah she didn't um and so we uh i took a i had a i have a breville at home like a, yeah. a dual boiler, which is a, actually a pretty good machine um household machine it pulls an amazing shot if you have a great grinder um, and I brought it to the gym. She's like, what are you, well, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, just for like, stuff. like that's all we're going to do. And she's like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> and then, uh, a few months go by. You pulled on your apron and you put yeah. your sign up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, the staff love it. Cause they're like making their own coffee, making their own lattes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are kind of wondering, you can now smell coffee as you come into the gym. And it's like, Everyone loves the smell. They're like, oh, that's amazing. It's so good. So I answer your question about like, was this part of like the, the, the business plan, like the idea? For me, it was always yeah. going. To be. And then I had to like trickle it in slowly. <laughs> yeah, you had to sneak it past her. Yeah. And then when that, uh, when that like this, this machine came on, uh, I told no one. I was like, I'm not telling anybody. And it just showed up at the gym. <laughs> People were pissed. They're like, what is this? We don't need this. <laughs> but all of our members were like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I go to a gym that like takes coffee culture extremely seriously. Um, like they, they get a coffee with a heart on it when they order a latte, they do latte art. Yeah. We invested time into getting like coaching on how to make coffee too. We didn't just want to have a, like a like this setup that looked cool and not know how to use it. So yeah. we actually like really uh, we bought some lessons off of Discovery Coffee. They're a place in town that's probably arguably the best coffee place in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, so we were able to connect with them, and they like CrossFit too, which is kind of cool. 
and I assume when you did tell, like when you were answering the questions about like, why have we got this? I assume you led with, well, it should cost $18,000. You didn't start with, I paid $6,000 for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guess how much this thing is worth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 18 grand. Do you want know to pay for it? <laughs> and I haggle them down a thousand dollars on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a bargain. And where then is it like uh, a cultural thing? Because like you're not from Victoria originally, you're from uh, Ottawa, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Is it, is it uh, like a cultural thing that you developed this affinity for coffee when you moved to Victoria or did you have it? Like where did your kind of love affair with coffee start? It definitely, um, it definitely started in Victoria because I was the person who would go to a coffee shop and order hot chocolate. <laughs> I remember going with my buddy. To what a California. 180. Like what a 180. <laughs> totally. Totally. I went to a street once with a buddy um, and uh, I, I asked that question. I looked at him like, hey, do they, uh, do they have hot chocolates here? He like, get the fuck out out. (laughs) so um it's definitely went from not at all to full-blown like this is a this is a hobby i don't have a lot of hobbies and this is this is one of them yeah it's funny the two of them go the two of them go so hand in hand like crossfit and coffee tend to there's a weird like link between the two it's like i think i don't know it's nearly that probably that sense of belonging i suppose that like if you're in if you do CrossFit and you like immerse yourself in it, you've got that sense of community and like, Oh, I belong to this sport and it's a team, you know, like you're, you're in a group or whatever and a bit like cultish, I guess. And then coffee can be the same where it's like, you know, I guess with CrossFit, you can dip your toe and be like, Oh, I just go to like one class a week or whatever. And then the, like with coffee, you can be like, Oh, Hey, Uh, with the coffee, you can be like, oh, I just have a latte or whatever. But like with CrossFit, then you can be like, I go like six times a week. And with coffee, you can be like, well, I've got a Chemex. And I like, I weigh yeah. my coffee before I put it in. Yeah. I got a narrow press. I got a, <laughs> I got yeah. a friend on this. Yeah. Um, I like hear about like memorable coffees people have had. Um, so like we'll get on to like your favorite actual physical drink of coffee afterwards but like is there a cup of coffee that you've had that maybe was surrounded by some kind of moment or like company or a situation that you're involved in yeah i'd say um it's probably like the the ability to to release like make an impact with people and seeing how the intention of giving somebody a coffee is an intention to connect yeah when when we have people sitting down um, at the gym and, you know, we have one day where we're just like, you know what, let's just give everyone a free, a free latte, a free coffee. Um, and we bring it out and they're just so shocked and like appreciative. Um, it really speaks to uh, just like the, the love culture that CrossFit has, the love culture that coffee has with it. Yeah. Just like, it's a super easy way to gift somebody something. Um, and just like, yeah, sit down and have an intention to, to be with people and that's what's really important to me um one of like my greatest experiences though with like coffee itself was in brazil um this is where i when i qualified to the crossfit games i actually brought my own aeropress <laughs> and my own grind and my own scale 
<laughs> and I'm like scaling out all of like the grinds. It's like 19 grams. Oh, not a little bit more. <laughs> like, and then putting in the AeroPress, letting it sit, using a microwave to heat up my water. <laughs> and all the athletes are like, is this guy, is this guy ridiculous? <laughs> What's wrong with him? And then as soon as I take that shot, it's like, okay, it's <laughs> let's go do you take caffeine then do, are you reliant not reliant on it like but do you use it for that kick for, before training or is it kind of gotten to a stage now where like like say if i drink coffee more or less has no effect on me like no discernible effect anyway that like i could drink like i had a coffee just now and it's like eight o'clock at night and i don't think that's going to affect my sleep got it um i'd say that caffeine like caffeine definitely um especially going up to a competition. I actually stopped drinking coffee yeah, okay, yeah. Um, about two weeks before. So that when I do have coffee, I actually it's got that oomph. Yeah. It yeah. actually, it's, it's probably more psychological than anything, but yeah. I'm like the grumpiest bag of, <laughs> of ass <laughs> leading up to a cop because I'm in like um, deload and usually like the, the fluctuation of like my moods, uh, go super far down right before it comes back up for a comp. Yeah. Plus, I'm not having coffee, uh, so as soon as I, I have that shot before that you know that first event, uh, it's uh, it's like I've experienced it for the first time again. It's amazing. Like even just the way that you're talking there, but then as well, like from reading a bit about you over the last couple of days, like you seem like a very kind of like considered and sensitive guy like you're open about being i suppose like you're more open than most about being thoughtful like and uh, as i don't mean like kind i mean like you know showing introspective and stuff and like you know you've talked about you've done some courses in like communication and stuff and i think i read something that like i suppose i found remarkable but maybe it might have just been a throwaway comment for you like but after brazil you said that you've like i'll I won't quote directly, but it was like you felt proud about the fact that you were like the magnetizing force, like between your family and them keeping them interacting and stuff like that. Like that's not an exact quote. Obviously, I said it better than you said it. But like, is is that um I guess like maturity, or is it something that like kind of has developed as you've gone on, like that sense of introspective, or is it like something that you've cultivated? Um. So. So going like kind of talking about like uh, that introspectiveness or that ontological viewpoint of seeing like what happens around us from the outside, looking in as opposed to trying to be in our, our like issues all the time. Um, that came from a course, like training is one aspect of what I do to be really good at what I do, yeah. whether it's CrossFit, whether it's being a loving um, husband, whether it's being uh, a loving friend. Um, I think that if you're gonna ask for coaching for performance, that you can actually ask for coaching in other areas. And yeah. I do a course called Landmark uh, that coaches um, just how to like connect with people on a different level. So you actually might get a breakthrough in like family connection, and that could be the reason why you go to the games. Yeah. Like that would give you a breakthrough in your in your performance too. Like a weight off kind of. Yeah. And, um, to me, like the most proudest moment of my life, like you were saying is like being at cause for something. And what I, what I mean by that is like, 
there's a breakdown somewhere in my family. And instead of me saying like, oh, like my family is just arguing, like no one gets along and having this story behind it, instead of just like being so attached to the story, like looking at where I can be at effect to um, uh, the connection my family can have. And that's what like courses like Landmark do. Um, I'm taking a, um, a life coaching course through accomplishment coaching. Yeah. Um, and it's all around setting goals for yourself, but there's also like patterns that human beings have and or like their normal way of being that actually works in my everyday life. And it might not work with other things in training or in connection with others. So it's allowing me to like take a step back, look at things um, differently to see if I can, uh, you know, um, be an impact. So one of my most important things for me in my life is, um, is being there for others. Um, and I think I developed that as a, as a young kid, just having like um, parents who really value that. Uh, but it's really cool to see that I'm able to do that in, in my job, in my life, um, and how that plays a huge impact on you know, things that go on around me. And is like, is love something that's like talked about a lot in like as openly as kind of you talk about it in Canada and in Victoria? Because like in Ireland, if you opened a gym in Ireland that was like had love at its center, like love of training and love of like community and stuff, yeah. you'd it's a hard it'd be a hard sell like you know it'd be you'd get a lot of eye rolls and you get a lot of like oh here we fucking go another hippie like is it is it something that like you've kind of have you had to kind of like swim against the current a little bit or is it something that is like are canadians uh, uh, by culture more kind of open than say irish people are like we're very kind of guarded with shit like that like very kind of do you know like you don't talk about feelings they're better in a bottle somewhere like you know got it got it and I, and I think like looking at those two aspects of how to deal with um, our life and, and how we interact with others, there's no like wrong way to deal with things and there's no right way. You know, it's like not like, oh, being more loving is, is the best way hmm. or maybe even just like not having to make it so serious all the time and intentional. Um, in Canada, I don't, I can't speak to everybody in Canada, like where it is, but in Victoria, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the things that I find that makes Victoria beautiful is that, yeah, it is, you're accepted regardless. Yeah. Like, you don't really have to hide. And, and we deal with our issues or our problems or uh, we deal with the things that cause breakdown as opposed to um, just like trying to like avoid them. Yeah. I mean, there's that too. Like people, you know, we're all human beings. Yeah. <laughs> no one's perfect. I mean, we're all perfect. We got we got things in the way of, of being who we want to be. Yeah. But as far as like, um, if I had to plan my gym in in Ireland, like what I what I stand for is for people to feel like uh, a sense of belonging. Yeah. And the way that I do that is is through love. You know, it's yeah. just it doesn't mean like, you know, the the mushy gushy soft feeling. And it also means just like human connection yeah you know, just like you were talking about like the sense of belonging you're after like the irish definitely they're definitely up for that like we yeah definitely, we definitely love belonging to something and like ownership <laughs> over something like you know like that's us that's ours like you know it's, uh, <laughs> probably because we had so much shit taken off us over the years but like <laughs> um 
go then with your an actual cup of coffee then that's that's a standout so is there is there a particular like roast or origin or you know bean or anything yeah this is what we roll with at Lolo. So this is uh, Discovery Coffee's espresso, and it's a chocolate hazelnut brown sugar cherry. So this is the this is like, it's not super harsh, but it's like extremely flavorful. And I'll I'll usually make like a cortado, which oh, yeah. is like a or even like a flat white. Yeah. The flat weights like two ounces of steamed milk, one ounce of, of like a shot, yeah, uh, and then it's just like lightly poured over top of the shot, so it sits on top. I have yet to, I, so since lockdown, I started making like maybe one of those a week or one every like three or four days, and like the steamer on mine is shite. Like so, I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to be knocking out any latte art, but even yeah. I'm at the point where I have yet to measure out the correct amount of milk to like get the cup. So I have a cup that like it's similar, it's similar enough size to like your standard cafe flat white cup. It's small, like you know, and I'd pour the milk into the jug and work right last time I put in too much and I had like loads left over so I'll go like less and then I'll pour it in like my cup isn't even half full then like the next time I'll go like okay the last time I didn't have enough so I'll pour in more so yeah maybe I just need to start weighing it instead of like guessing yeah I mean I used to I used to do the same thing like I would just grind it put it in it's good and then it would be different every time like yeah. it, I either wouldn't pour out at all or just yeah. a bit or it would just like gush out so it's uh it's the grind that's why i say the grinder is so important yeah you want a good coffee just get a really good grinder um you don't need a, a expensive like crazy machine you could just know the grind size that you need for your machine and then weigh it because you want 20 grams of, of like of grind yeah you tamp it and then like i say if it uh, if it comes out at fifty grams at the twenty four second mark, then you know it's a bit too coarse, and you would just fine out a little bit and then tweak it until it gets right on forty. Because that forty gram mark is like it's money. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the difference of like ten to forty grams in that like time frame is very significant. Yeah. It'll either be bitter or acidic, but if yeah. you combine bitter with this acidity, it creates this like nice flavorful um like crema that you get from from your espresso it's awesome. see i think i get like i get different so i i buy like a random bag of coffee every so often if i see like you know someone on instagram or whatever i'd be like oh i haven't heard of them i'll try them or you know i haven't had that in a while i'll try it and then i as well i get it so i get a, a different bag of coffee every week from it's from the same roasters but it's like a different uh different bean every time so like I would be fucking around with my grind so regularly that it's just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just look at the needle and see if it's somewhere close to being right. And then like, the next, like you know, I, I, I've never changed the grind level. I've changed the amount of coffee that goes in. Uh, Got it. And I've changed how hard I've pressed or how light I've pressed. But I've never changed the grind because I was like, if I start fucking around with that, I'll end up taking a whole machine apart or something. And then just be like, what have I done? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah well actually temperature makes a big difference too so if it's colder so if it's mm. like the room temperature is minus 15 and in the middle of the day it gets up to 20 like 20 uh sorry if it's like 20 degrees and it goes to 25 degrees in room temperature you actually have to adjust the grind because the particles of the grind expand or they oh, yeah. 
reduce. Uh, so you actually would be changing it like halfway through the day, unless your room temperature stayed the same. So you essentially want to be making it in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the best co- the best cup of coffee you'll ever have is in space. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with like uh, podcasts, then do you listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks and stuff like that? Um, I, I watch the morning uh, morning chaka. Yeah, they they're pretty good. I like their podcasts. Um, but no, I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty busy training. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a lot of downtime. <laughs> have you got um, a big? Are you like just live? Do you just live around the corner from the box or? Um, so I not not around the corner. Um, but it's like a 12 to 15 minute drive to the gym for like, um, basically what I'm up to is, um, I'm in a, I'm in school for life coaching. So I'm, yeah. I'm in a course for life coaching. Um, I'm creating a YouTube channel with my wife, uh, cause she's a photographer, a videographer, yeah. um, train full time, run a gym, do online coaching, um, for Olympic lifting. <laughs> so the the time to like sit and reflect and do that is like very much um it's it's like once a month maybe <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair so, um if if you if you think uh if you were to start your own so say if you weren't doing the youtube if you were going to do a podcast instead what do you think the focus would be um the focus would be on mental performance in sport yeah, especially in CrossFit, um, because when so a year ago I had knee surgery, I, I tore my ACL, yeah, um, and it needed to be fully reconstructed, and uh, this is around the time where I started to uh, to see some mental performance coaches, and one of the things, one of the best things that I was told was, you're going to have considerations, you're going to have excuses as to why it can't happen. You're going to have reasons to to bring up as to this might be dangerous, you might get injured, all these reasons and considerations you have yeah. about not being able to go to the games. They're going to happen. But do it anyway, regardless of the considerations that come up. And I was like, and he's, I'm like, well, why would I do that? He's like, well, just to see what happens. Like, there, There's no other reason to not do it. There's no yeah. other reason you do it. But just see what happens when you don't, um, act on your considerations and your excuses, but you just do it anyway. Just do, do, do the thing. <laughs> and, uh, Works so out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would work with him once a week. Um, and we would, we would meet at, at the end of the week and he would say like, cool, like, what did you do to, you know, this week, um, where you had a consideration? I'm like, well, my consideration was, um, like, is it worth it? is it worth it to put all this work and it might not happen? And he's like, cool, that's a great consideration. That's awesome. So what did you do instead? I'm like, well, I, I did, I did the thing. I just did it without any consideration while I was doing it. He's like, so, okay, well, what happened? He's like, well, and I said, well, I, I trained. I was consistent with my training. I feel really good. He's like, cool, let's just keep this up and we'll re reconvene at the end of the year. And I called him after I qualified for the games. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, guess what? He's like, what? I'm like, I, I made it to the games. <laughs> He's like, see what happens when you, you're not in your head with things and you're not yeah. considering all the possibilities and you're just committed to the possibility of going. 
with those like considerations then if you're so if you're if you're thinking like okay so we'll go back like your your route to get into the games has been like as topsy-turvy as like this year with the games in it like it's been all over the place so like in 2016 regionals you were in fifth and missed out on a no rep and sneaky Cole Sager nips in behind you and takes fifth. I mean, if you're going to lose out to someone, it like it, it's better than it's like a mainstay of the scene, like that rather than some guy who just came and then disappeared the year after. Yeah. But as you said, then the year after, or like, sorry, well, throughout the next year, I guess you got a few niggles, a few little injuries, stuff like that. Then your ACL goes like, there must have been considerations of just like hanging up your grips, so to speak, and just being like, fuck this. Like, like you say, is it worth it? But like, do those considerations just come in like moments of darkness or is it in the middle of a workout where you're like tired and sore and you're like, what am I doing this for? Like, you know, I, 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 I have my chance and I blew it or, you know, I, I could have had it and I didn't get it. Like how regular were those kind of considerations? Those, those considerations were daily. They're like multiple times a day. Um, they have. How do you get past that? Because I get, I guess it's easy. It's easy for a life coach or a you know a mental performance person to say like, "I'll just do it anyway." But like, if you're the one that's you know mid fifty burpees or whatever, or you know you're after crashing your shin off a box or something, like you're the one that has to like just do it anyway. So how how difficult was it to kind of pick yourself up, like? After the after regionals, we'll say that first, like after regionals, how difficult or how long did it take for you to say like, right, come on, we'll go again? It was, it was hard. Um, the week after that, my, uh, my grandma died okay. and uh, I went to her funeral and, and it was like a moment where I was with my family and we were all grieving and um, I was like, why don't I just go home? Like, why don't I just go back home and, you know, just do something different hmm. like you know, I, I gave it my best and I did what I could and it still didn't work out these are the things that I was saying yeah and and it was like well what am I not doing what am I not I had this context and the context was that no matter how hard I worked it would never happen yeah or or that I wasn't good enough and and it wouldn't matter what I did and when I met with my coach for the mental performance, he's like, well, I hear this context of you um, saying that like, no matter what you do, you won't be good enough. And I, he's like, well, what if that context was somewhere else? Like, what if, like, let's, let's see if we can create a new context behind what you're feeling, what you're doing and to get to the games. So it's like, well, what's the context for you to, in training and, and to get to the games? I'm like, well, it's like hard work and you have to want it more. He's like, okay, well, I hear that context. And uh, he's like, well, when are, you, when are you the most successful? I'm like, I don't know, like when I'm having fun? And uh, he's like, okay, well, what about having fun has you be successful? Like, well, I don't take it as seriously. And I'm like, well, when I don't take it seriously, it's, it's actually just more enjoyable and I actually just start doing things instead of stopping because yeah. it's the stopping of actions because I'm inside of a context that's not actually real. And he said, okay, well, 
what if you were to be the, you know, instead of the fittest on earth, you're committed to having the most fun on earth. <laughs> like, okay, sweet. Okay, <laughs> He's like, so every Sean day- Sweeney would have a thing or two to say about that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, so every day you train, you're just there to have the most fun, more fun than anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. nice. Yeah. No pressure. I'm like, yeah. No. <laughs> and he's, and so I developed this, like, he's like, well, what's a word you can remind yourself? Um, and uh, it was like, what's the word? It was like, uh, uh, just, just, just do the thing was one of them. You know, mm. it's, there's no reason why you're doing this except just to do it and see what happens. Mm. And then uh, have fun with everyone. Have fun with like what's happening in, around you. Um, those were like words that I could use and draw. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've, I've never been burnt out since. Like I've been, I went from like competing with just competing. Like I didn't have a business. Yeah. I wasn't in school. I I didn't have like, other prior commitments around me. Um, I would, didn't have any clients either. This is in 2016. Yeah. And now <laughs> um, I'm working with like 15 different clients, half of them personal training, half of them life coaching. Um, I'm running a full gym with, with a team. Yeah. Um, and we're, I'm up to way more now than I ever was, but I'm more successful in my fitness than I ever have been. And it was busy happiness. Like, and it was based on the context in which I saw things. Yeah. And that's what allowed me to have more fun with things. Like my context on time was that I don't have enough of it. Yeah. And the reason why I had that is because everything I have to do is a chore. And it's, it's like, I have to do it. Yeah. When the context changed to time is actually like when I have to do things, it's actually time just to have fun. Yeah all of a sudden there was like this abundance of time and this abundance of like being able to create possibilities and the possibilities that were there were going to the games. The possibilities were creating a business where the community can have fun and get behind something that's really exciting. Uh, the possibilities were like family the possibilities were having kids and, um, you know, living my life as opposed to just like one thing going to the games that I had on this pedestal, I had to actually give up the goal in order to get to the goal. Yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah. yeah it's interesting. Um, how do you find doing interviews and being asked to do interviews? Like, is it still a bit surreal or is it kind of like, just are you used to it now? Like, are you used to being approached and stuff? Or are you kind of like, oh, what, like, what have I got to say? Um, the, the being asked to be interviewed... Um, I don't know. I think that like, um, like <laughs> growing up, I was, uh, I was in theater. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a minor in theater. <laughs> it's good to have uh, a fallback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so being, being like interviewed is, it, it doesn't feel, feel any different because to me, it's just an opportunity to, to connect with somebody. Yeah. For me, like connecting with people is the, is the thing that stimulates me the most. Yeah, that's like, cool side of somebody else's world with them and and like hearing what's going on and being able to share yeah. um, i don't know I, I find it allows me to be a contribution in some way and i like it it's yeah. uh it's cool and um it's also very flattering like it's it, it kind of sounds cool too <laughs> i'm like yeah getting interviewed <laughs> must have done something good <laughs> yeah 
Um, I mean, like, I suppose congratulations on qualifying for the Games. Like, it's an incredible achievement, um, especially with, like, I suppose how things have changed and the new kind of, I suppose the new, new makeshift system, like, to still have qualified is, like, it makes it kind of doubly impressive, I guess, on two levels. But, like, how does it feel to, I suppose, in your bio, you've got, games athlete maybe in your bio so like how does it feel to have i guess gotten that thing that was a long time goal and you know it, it was a goal it wasn't a goal and things change and develop and stuff but then to to have it within your grasp and then for it to kind of still be up in the air like how does it know how does it feel that like it's still kind of now despite like even getting your email it's still a little bit up in the air like how is that sitting with you um it's actually sitting, it's sitting really well. Um, and when I say really well, I mean like, um, back in 2016, if this question would have been asked to me, uh, my attitude would have been, um, kind well, of to close the laptop. But when I said like, I actually had to give up the goal to, mm. to, to get the goal, um, the goal is there. And I'm, I'm only training for the possibility of it. So whether it happens or not, it's, it's irrelevant. Um, yeah. I would be doing nothing else with my time besides yeah. training really hard. This is the thing that I love the most. Um, it's like I said, it's my opportunity to play. Like training and, and being active is, is not a desk job. So to me, it's like, okay, now I'm playing. I'm always playing every day. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not something like, Qualifying for the games is is the result of a lot of time playing. So it's not a waste of time. It's not like, oh, I've done this for nothing or I've done this. Yeah. It's just like, I, yeah, it's just like a byproduct <laughs> happening. So to me, I'm not, there's no like attachment to going to the games. I don't, it's not something like I don't define myself as an athlete. It's not something that, um, that I'm too attached to. And also, Qualifying for the games is a privilege. Mm. It's not something that I'm owed. And it's not something that I deserve. So any opportunity to compete is a privilege. And if I've been invited and um, extended that privilege, then I'm grateful. So I'm just grateful right now. I'm guessing you were at, you competed at Pandaland uh, last year and finished third. And it was like Can Porter and... Jacob Heppner, the way you're talking there, I'm guessing you bonded pretty well with Jacob Heppner. He has a very similar outlook of like, let's just fuck shit up and have some fun. And, you know, it's yeah. a privilege <laughs> to be able to get out of bed and train for a living. Yeah, actually, Heppner, Heppner and I connected really well. Con and I connected really well uh, on two. I've got two amazing stories. One really amazing story about uh, Pandaland. <laughs> it's, it's a bit X-rated if you're ready for it. Go. Sweet. Especially so, if it embarrasses one of them as well. That'd be yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're in China and the, the person who's like showing us around and, and telling us like, these are the spots you want to go to. Um, and Khan's like, oh, we're looking for a spa. Like we want to go and get massages. A, a massage. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, this lady tells us to go to this place. So we, we go to this like bathhouse and it's, and we get they bring us slippers we put, we give them our shoes and we walk in and 
um, I think it, it was Harriet who also qualified for the games. And she goes upstairs to, to the women's section. And yeah. then there was the men's section. And like, you're exclusive to your bats in like the men's section. And then there's a women's section only. And we walk in and everyone's naked. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, and because like, I'm from Canada, we're a bit more prudish than the Australians. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they're in, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep my shorts on. And like, so, and so today, uh, they're wearing Speedos. And uh, we go in and like, they're like, no, 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 no. Uh, and uh, we're, I take out my phone to Google Translate. And I give it to him and he says something and he gives it back. <laughs> it comes back and it says, we get naked here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. Well, like, I guess we're going, like, we're just going to leave. And then uh, I think it was like Brody or Cod's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard a splash behind you. Yeah, and I'm like, well, now it's weird. If, it's weird if I do it, but it's way worse if I don't. So yeah, like, yeah. Let's, let's do this. So, we're, so we've all seen each other's dicks. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was actually looking. Oh, God. Was it today? I was looking at your Instagram today. Um, I was putting up a screenshot into. Oh, my God. I need to find it now there's a comment on one of your things and it was like someone said something about a uh like a bat and you were like he knows is that someone that actually knew or was it someone like totally landing on it by chance no that's a that was uh so sam jones he's a he's like a really popular dj and he's our personal trainer uh manager at our gym so i told him the story and he was just like poking fun at it oh, okay right yeah 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 but then uh but yeah the, the funny part is like so we're in we're in the uh we're in this bath we're all we're all naked we're hanging out we're sharing stories and behind us like right behind us all we hear is like the sound and we're like what the heck and we all turn and this guy's in happy baby pose on a massage table getting his balls paddled jesus christ <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're leaving. <laughs> That's a great story. And, and so we we leave. We're getting out, and uh, uh, I'm changing. And this guy beside me looks at me, and he's like, he's looking at my muscles, and he's like, oh yeah, oh nice. And then and then he looks down. He's like, oh yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and there's a picture on my instagram uh of me of me explaining this story to tommy marquez (laughs) just like (laughs) like he's so like bewildered and then i tell him the story he's like all right well i'll see you guys later i'm going in (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's nuts that's crazy yeah. <laughs> how did you how did you pick Pandaland and Brazil then as your two uh two hit ups last year? Like was there was there was it just a chance to explore and travel or was it like was it a more calculated approach? Because I'm guessing if going to the games was your main focus, like if this was you in two thousand sixteen, it might be a different answer where you were like, Well, if I go to China, there might be only X, Y, and Z there and whereas I think 
like I'm guessing this year it was more like a fuck it I haven't been to China let's go and see what it's about well, it was both. Like, I tried to pull a Brent Fikowski and slip in through the back door. <laughs> going to China. Like, who's going to go to China? Yeah, nope. silently slipping in unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I remember seeing Fikowski. He was like, yeah, I got my games ticket in China. I was like, there's a sanctional in China? <laughs> I remember that last year when he, when he went there. Uh, I remember someone saying, like, you know, that is so random that he's going to that. And I was like, but exactly, who the fuck else is going to go there? So then he's like, I was like, he's not called the professor for nothing. He's worked out, like, the best one to go to. He's a smart, smart guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and Khan was just, Khan wasn't even going to go to Pandaland. He was like, ah, I'm just not going to do CrossFit this year. And then one of his friends was like, no, nah, Khan, you got to go. You got to give it a go, Mike. <laughs> now say it in an Australian accent. oh yeah so he uh he wasn't even gonna go and then i think hepner was gonna go so that he could solidify a spot because Mm -hmm. he wasn't sure if he was gonna get called on his handstand push-ups oh yeah yeah or like the The knuckles thing yeah 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 yeah. but hepner is awesome that guy's hilarious and he's got like the most energy i've ever seen oh it's it's insane he was on an episode on this and like the amount of messages I got of like, oh man, I feel so jazzed after listening to him. Like, cause he's just a ball of energy. Like he, I, when I rang him, he was in his truck and was like, uh, he was like chatting as he was, he was going to the shops or something. And he was like chatting, at, like, but like his laugh is like the joker, first of all. And then afterwards, after I got off the, the call to him, he put, he went live on Instagram for like oh, an hour and a half or something because as he was driving home from the store, his wheel came off his truck and like rolled past him on the road. <laughs> it was just like, thank, yeah, it was like <laughs> thank God it didn't happen on the way, like on the call, as we were on the call, that would have been a nightmare. Like, it's like I killed Jacob Hepner. <laughs> yeah, actually Hepner and I got to hang out for a full week. It was really cool. Um, I have a weightlifting background, so. Yeah. Uh, I started out Olympic lifting before doing CrossFit. I was a decathlete. I was going to uh, say, like, how, how did you end up doing being a decathlete? Because it seems like, was it just, were you just, like, not committed enough to pick one thing that you just wanted to do everything? Uh, I'm white, so... <laughs> <laughs> All my friends who went to the Olympics <laughs> were, uh, were, were black, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to... They're smoking me. <laughs> No, all jokes aside, though, um, I don't know. It was just for fun. Like I, how good were you? Not good. No, (laughs) I was. um, I played football, um, American football. Yeah. Going into university, and had a back injury, and so track and field was very like linear. Like it wasn't lateral. So needed to be something that I could continue doing. Um, Something I did for a while was uh, track and field, and I trained decathlon. I never competed. Um, competitively in it yeah uh, I, I was doing pole vault I was doing javelin a shot put high jump all the, all the track events um, in university and then uh, I had a like during that time I actually had like a, a pretty big falling out with my dad and, and my family um, so I kind of quit everything like I quit Olympic lifting because I was pretty competitive in that and I quit school and, and I was just really like bummed out trying to figure things out and uh, someone introduced me to CrossFit and they're like, oh yeah, you should, you should try this. This looks like it would be up your alley because with your whole background. 
and it was a video of someone doing like kipping pull-ups i was like that's dumb that's really dumb. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> and, reaction when they see it for the first time <laughs> um and then um using olympic lifting and crossfit was like really easy to me because i was snatching a lot mm. for a year old hitting 290 uh pound snatches and clean and jerking 385 like it, it was just I don't know, it was my, my sport mm. for a long time. Um, and then when I met Hepner in, in Panland, I beat him on the, the rope climb and, and uh, heavy clean workout. And he's like, how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm an Olympic weightlifting coach. I've been doing this for 15 years. Uh, I've been coaching for 12, 12 years. Um, so if you want, you can you know come to Victoria and hang out and I'll coach you. And I'll teach you how to lift and I can actually really help you with your breathing mechanics. Cause for him, that's a big deal is that his erectors are huge. They're massive. I don't know if you've ever seen his, his back, but they're like shark fins, like pop out of his back, which shows me that he's actually like overusing uh, front and back and not enough of like inner abdominal pressure to push okay. in to create stability. So I had my, my uh, breathing coach, Kevin, Kevin, you, He's a chiropractor as well. Um, tr- like show him how to breathe for about an hour. And then we got into Olympic lifting. And then from there I coached his uh, Olympic lifts and he, he used to like bend his arms during his snatches and really like tighten up on the bar. And I showed him in Pandaland. I'm like, Hey, you just like relax your hands and then you relax your arms and drive more through like your, your hips and upwards vertically with your arms relaxed, you'll get a better turnover and a bit easier. And he tried it. He's like, well, son of a gun. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he came, uh, he's, he was planning on coming for just the two, two or three days. Cool. And he would do like a ski trip in Whistler. And uh, he said that he was learning so much that he actually canceled his trip to Whistler and stayed the extra two days to learn more about how to lift. That's cool. Which was really, it was actually a really nice compliment for, to me because it's something that I love to do. Yeah. I'm really confident and comfortable coaching lifting. And to see that like someone at his caliber sees a lot of value in it um, was really cool. And it was really cool to, to just like hang out and have fun. And we got milkshakes. We went to uh, a board game cafe and <laughs> We ended up stealing some kids' candies. <laughs> Not stealing, like the kid walked away, yeah, didn't yeah, come yeah. back. We took him, and then and then he ended up getting sick. <laughs> I think he called him a germ donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Little germ donkey. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, when you started talking there about that, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Jacob Hepner has massive erectors. I was like, whoa! I wasn't in the bath with him. I don't know what his erection was like. <laughs> <laughs> I said erector is not erection. <laughs> was it was it strange for you then, like say, you know, like he's obviously a high caliber athlete and Can has been around, like you know, the team scene and individual scene and stuff for a while now. Was it strange for you competing against people like that? Like, was it was there ever a moment of like, oh fucking hell, or are, are you kind of over that now, having been to regionals and stuff like that? Um, I was more excited, actually, not like afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, like I said, competing, um, it's, it's a fun thing. I do it for fun. I do it because um, 
I want to be like really good at what I'm doing. It's something that um, makes me feel really, really excited to, to go and compete and to be able to compete against guys that I've looked up to in the past and actually to be friends with them um, was a, quite the experience. So it's not about like competing against and like being afraid of this, this really great athlete. Um, it's like competing to me is, is just, it's so much more like, yeah, there's the competition, but it's also like the experience, the experience for the fans, uh, the experience for the CrossFit community, my own experience selfishly, like I, I want to be competing against people who are that good. Yeah. Because it says something about me too. You know, like if I'm competing with them, um, must mean that I'm, I'm pretty successful at what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a, oh shit, I got to compete against this guy. It's like sweet. Like I, I've made it. Like I've, I've done something really cool here. And um, I get to like uh, see what, see what I can do with it. And at the end of the day, we're all friends. Like yeah. we, we met each other back and forth quite a bit and poke fun at each other for the weird shit that we're doing on social media. Like Vaughn's videos are hilarious. <laughs> new shirt. Yeah, it's a new shirt. My uh, one of my proudest moments on the podcast so far was getting Jacob Hefner to say the word shit because uh, about like five minutes into recording, I realized that he was not going to swear. Like, I like he's always just not that type of person. He kept saying shoot and darn and stuff like this. So yeah. uh, towards the end of the podcast, I said bullshit and he said bullshit. And in my head, I was like, yes, <laughs> I brought him down to my level. <laughs> yeah, um, like. I suppose Brazil then was your, I guess your, your jewel in the crown. Like that's, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times here and other interviews and stuff about being like really big source of pride, like that kind of sense of achievement. And then the, I suppose, uh, sharing it with people and sharing it with your community and stuff as well. And your family, like it seems anytime I've seen any footage of Brazil, it seems fucking insane crowd wise. Like it seems like they are properly amped up. Like, were you expecting that when you went down uh, that it was going to be like that? And then what were your memories of the competition? Um, I know that Brazil has some crazy-ass fans. <laughs> Even soccer, football and stuff. Not, not like Irish crazy, but just like in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I've heard in the past that they're a pretty loud crowd and they did not disappoint. They're, they're amazing. Like, they're so nice and kind and and just really excited about CrossFit. Yeah, they there's love like it. a CrossFit gym, like every like like Starbucks. Like there's a yeah. CrossFit on every corner in Brazil. Like you can't walk more than five eight minutes without hitting a small little boutique CrossFit gym. Yeah. So it was cool that like you get a lot of people in Brazil who are actually pretty pumped up about CrossFit who actually were there. Um, and it was probably one of the best competitions i've been to as far as like how they take care of athletes <laughs> you can tell her it's not video it's only audio so it's fine it's audio. <laughs> just for people listening someone just crawled in at the background there uh, the way they had it like when you walked in there was like people taking care of you massaging there was free drinks there was free lounging space the aesthetics of the lounging space was amazing. Um, and like, they were there, like if you, they would ask you if you need anything, you could walk over and they would just like bring you right away to somebody. Um, my experience at the Brazil comp was, was really good. It was my favorite comp I've done thus far. Yeah. For sure. 
Um, not because I ended up being really well, but just it doesn't, doesn't hurt, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the experience was pretty cool. And I was peaking for Brazil too. Like China was like, not that I wasn't trying to prepare to like do really well, but it was my first comp back from injury. Mm. For me, it was like, I'm going to do this competition to learn and nothing else. My intention was not to like win. My intention was not to actually this whole year was not to win or to qualify for the games, but it was going to be a year of learning and giving up trying to qualify for the games and just being um, in the moment with, yeah. with everything that I did. Because I find that when I'm in the moment with things, I'm not, I don't, there's no fear of losing. And then there's no like, drive to to win that supersedes the fear of loss yeah and you get to like stay right in the middle of it which allows you to see like what's happening almost like in slow motion and and that's exactly what happened it was very focused i was i understood what was going on and then i could take the pieces that um i wanted to improve on and apply it when i was in brazil and and i did yeah um and the learning moments in, in brazil even were, were huge to me too. Like there was um, the event, uh, Amanda on hands. That was cool. Um, it was like nine, seven, five uh, uh, snatches and muscle-ups, but in between the muscle-ups and uh, the snatches, the squat snatches, you had to handstand walk like 50 feet or something. Jeez. And then you just go back and forth between, or 25 feet there, 25 feet back in between. And I'm not going to lie, this sounds really sh- shitty, but, like, I thought I was going to win that one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to smash this. Like, this is my jam, handstand walking. Like, and I was like, I'm so sure that I'll win this this particular event. I don't know why I thought that, but I, yeah. I came fifth. <laughs> and, then, and then in the final event, um, it was, like, this overhead walking lunge with kettlebells uh, after doing an assault bike sprint of 12 cows. Yeah my mind I had it that, Oh, I'm really bad at a salt bike. And there's so many other people who are better than me and I'm not really good at lunging. So I'm probably going to come dead last. <laughs> and I ended up come, coming third. Yeah. And what that showed me was like, even if I think something's true, that doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. And it's going to happen. So it's interesting though, though, because probably if that was 2017, you probably would have come last because you probably would have, you know, slowed down or, you know, taken your foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was funny because it was actually uh, Josh Valtrama who said he was, we were in the back uh, warming up together and uh, I was, he could tell I was actually quite, quite scared. And uh, I was like, Oh man, I just don't I, like, I know this is going to hurt and I'm kind of scared that I'm not going to do that well. And he's like, just fake it Fake yourself like smile while you're on the bike. And I was like, right. I could do that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> he won that event, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was on here as well. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's very, he's another he's he's awesome. guy. Really cool guy. Yeah. Um, when you started CrossFit, then you mentioned like that, you know, you're kind of dragged by a friend and weren't sure about it and stuff. Was there a moment then where you, so like you've mentioned a good few times about uh, getting to the games and making it to the games and qualifying for the games throughout, you know, like when it was your goal and then, you know, I suppose now when it was kind of not a surprise, but I guess like a, a, a cherry on top of a good year, like, was there a point where that 
goal was cemented? Like, was there a point where you were like, fuck, I'm really good at this and I could go a long way? Is there, was there a workout? Was there a moment? Was there a competition where something, a, a switch flicked in your head? Yeah. Um, I think that looking, like watching the games, like that 2011 video of describing this is the CrossFit games. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I've been able to walk on my hands since I was like three or three years old. Um, I can weight lift. So this is something that I could probably be pretty good at. Um, and the, the goal since I actually started CrossFit was to go to the games. Like there was never a part of me that was like, Oh, I'm just going to try this fun thing out. Um, but it was always the intention to go to the CrossFit games. Like that was always my goal. And that was always the reason why I was doing it. And I think that's why I had so many struggles yeah. with the pressure. Like the pressure um, was there. The um, the lack of having fun with it was there. And when I turned, like when I took that year and a half off of, of competing, that's when I really looked at like what this would be like if I just did it with the intention of having fun and learning, and and that was it just to see what would happen yeah really really like showing up like in the moment with things every single day and not trying to get anywhere because i literally can't like i'm like i'm not at the games even right now yeah i can't even i can't even get there if i wanted but what i can do is focus on what i'm doing like every single day in when i'm in that moment so if i'm doing back squats and i've got a five by five back squats i'm not focused on like the third set of the fourth rep if I'm on the second set rep one I'm literally in the moment of that one rep once it's done okay I'm in the next one and that's like everything I do in a day like my like brain works that way moment to moment with literally everything because otherwise I'm not having fun and I'm not I'm not focused on like what's in front of me yeah it's a good way to, I think it's a hard place to get but it's a good place to be when you get there like I know even now like I've you know, we've got like sugar wad for our, we're doing everything online now and we've got like sugar wad to put in your strength instead of we, like in the gym, usually we have little notebooks and you kind of keep it, you know, you write your numbers in it or whatever for strength. But now it's like, I find I've, I've had to stop looking at scores that have been logged for like strength or whatever. And just like blindly go in and put in my own score when I'm finished my workout because I was spending so much time being like, fuck, how did he do that? Like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? If that guy is doing this or Jesus, how, like, should I be doing that much more than I'm doing? Like, you know, and I've had to stop. Like yeah. I've had to be so strict on myself to, cause I was going into a dark place of being like, why is it, why are they doing five kilos more than me? Or why am I only doing two kilos more than that person? You know? And I had to like put blinkers on and just be like, this is how you damaged yourself before of being like, you know, competitive about stupid things or like you know that comparison is the thief of joy thing like i was constantly like what are they doing and what am i doing and why am i not doing what they're doing you know well it almost sounds like beating yourself up as a form of motivation for you in that way yeah it's wow. like well I hope. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking shit at this i gotta yeah. step it up and like we use those those negative ways of being to to get ourselves to do the thing that we want Oh, like my self-talk was borderline abusive until about a year ago. But you get something out of the negative self-talk and it's like the, the motivation to, to push forwards or, or whatever it might be. 
Um, or maybe even just like the fact that you didn't do well, you're, you're using it to, to make a, a reason up or, mm. or something like that. And not, not necessarily you, but humans in general, like I've yeah. done that too. And what I've noticed is like, it's not sustainable. It's not yeah. like looking at other people's scores or comparing myself to what others are doing. It's like, yeah, I could use it to like be better or do better. But there's so many like variables that that are going on that it doesn't actually it's not based in reality. Like that person might just have had the best sleep or yeah. may have taken three days off and I don't know. Yeah. Or they maybe they're training hard and, and their body's adapting to the training in a different way at a different time than mine is. So it's like for me to make up that I'm not good enough because they're doing better is okay. But I can also make it mean that Oh, maybe I'm training harder than them. Yeah. I can make up whatever I want to serve me to do better. Yeah. I'm not stuck in that mindset of, oh, like, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, I must be doing something great because I'm tired, I'm beat up, my training's probably going really well. Yeah. And now I'm, and that's going to help me actually push myself further um, and just be present once I'm at the competition, too. Because we're all competing. Well, I mean, in the games for me, like when I'm, when I'm looking at other athletes and I see that they're doing super well or they just hit a PR because they posted it. And I'm like, Oh, I could barely hit half that today. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, Oh, they're peaking too early. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell myself something that's going to actually make, uh, make a difference for me, uh, emotionally. Yeah, no, that's clever. That's clever. I like that. Um, cool. We'd like to finish off with a, a quick fire. Um, like either or and then kind of a longer one at the end so uh, row or ski row or ski hmm. so it's ski. a quick fire <laughs> <laughs> ski. <laughs> I get, I get. Uh, americano or flat white well i guess flat for white. you americano or cortado cortado uh velner or frakowski velner and Ooh, are I, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Don't. You've said it. You ripped the band uh, off. Okay. And uh, nanos or metcons? Uh, right now, nanos. Uh, deadlift or squat? Squat. Um, South American or African beans? Um, oh, that's a hard one. Um, South America. Yeah. Uh, strength or gymnastics? Strength for sure, easy. Um, and then a super team to take on mayhem. Who do you draft? You can't pick, say, like top five from last year. So outside the top five from last year, who do you pick? Like athletes, if I were to make a super team. Yeah. So you you need one other guy and then two girls. Um, I'd say uh, is was was Katrine in that. But she's not as obvious. I'll let you have her because she's not like most people just say Tia and Matt straight away and it kind of ruins it a bit. So like, yeah, yeah let you have Catherine. That's like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to, to bet that that would be the team to take, up, take them on. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I had to do a team, um, Kamara Webb with um, Annie Thor's daughter. So someone who's pregnant, someone who just had a baby. <laughs> Are you feeling broody? Not right now. <laughs> um, and what guy then? And then uh, for the guys, 
Um, well, you're one of them, so you need one more. Cool. Uh, for me, I would take me, and then um, Hepner was just outside the top five. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll let you take Hepner. Yeah, let's, we'll do Hepner. Yeah, that's a good team. Heavy street team. Um, who do you think is going to be the next uh, guy standing on top of the podium who's not named Matt Fraser if you had to place a bet? If I had a bet? Um, well, I mean, I've got some pretty good chances this year. <laughs> One in 30. One in 30, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I would put uh, if mm, Vellner or Goodmanson. I've always had a spot for uh, uh, Goodmanson. Yeah, looking that on. I think yeah, he's he's always been there thereabouts. I think the thing I like about him most that he's always there thereabouts, but he'd never really be mentioned as like oh he'll challenge and go for it. He, like people always talk about him being like consistent, but like he's always just outside that conversation of like he could win it. And I like I always think he can. So I think it'd be really cool if he did. Like I don't think that it would like. I don't think that it'll be. And this is bold to say, but I like. I don't think it'll be Belner right away, just because of his lifting. Mm. Um, and that would just be based off of like his snatch. Like his clean is amazing. Like he's done a really great job at climbing up his clean and jerk and his deadlifts. But I don't know if it would be him just based off of swimming and uh, snatches. Yeah. I think on those if you if you were to work on his swimming and his snatches for sure yeah cool um thanks a million for taking time out of your day and chatting it was great i really enjoyed it that was really good fun um uh yeah i think uh can is actually coming on for an episode at some point so i'm really looking forward to asking about that story (laughs) (laughs) um Look, thanks a million. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been great to chat to you. You're a really good guy. Best of luck. I hope whatever needs to happen this year happens for you because I think you deserve it. And hopefully travel restrictions are like reduced a little bit and you get to go and enjoy the aromas in late summer. And I know I'll be keeping an eye out for you anyway. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time too, Peter. Cool. Um, it's a blast to be on a, on a podcast and the two things I love the most in life. So... <laughs>